live from 2021. Stay busy with the boy, Armand Savage. gonna make us a lot of money one day one day. <laughs> no that's a fire theme song for real that's gonna make us some money real Jack. different on this side ladies and gentlemen welcome to the first 2021 edition of stay busy with the boy armand sather i am still armand sather new year but not a new me you feel me <laughs> it is vegan chorizo poppy multiple miles monday poppy your favorite uber driver's favorite uber driver all that good stuff. I'm feeling real, real good. It is amazing to be out of 2020 and into a new year. We are optimistic. Our, our smiles are bright. Yeah. The, the sunlight is hitting. But I'm not here alone. I'm here with some great guys. Of course, of course, you got to pass it to the guy himself, Mr. L.A. Covina. You, you know what it bro? is. What up, what up, what up? How you doing, everybody? Happy New Year, everyone. First episode of the New Year. Stay busy. I'm still executive producing, still co-hosting this amazing podcast with my brother Armand and Kieran. Uh, I, this is this is exciting. So let's let's see how we can level up this year, man, and keep it moving. So, and we're uh, we're starting this year off with a bang with uh, with this guest we got. Um, now he needs he needs a proper introduction. So, you know, when when I think of a young person getting to the bag, Chris Omar is someone who immediately comes to mind. Uh, he's a recent college graduate, 2019 Doc NYC official selection. Yeah, no, let's clap it up for that degree. Yes, we get degrees on this side. You know, a lot of people talk, oh, you, know, you don't need a degree working in music and entertainment, but eh, it's, it's, it's good to have. Good to have. Prioritize that education. Anywho, uh, his film credits include, but are not limited to, Dreamville. Yeah, I know who Dreamville is. Cole, J.I.D., All Autumn Legends. Title, this man was walking around with Elliot Wilson, A Boogie, you feel me? HBO, Rock Nation, Atlantic, and many, many others. Coin the hashtag, invest in your visuals, because why wouldn't you invest in your visuals? You, you're just going to put a song out but not have a good video? You, you're just going to, like, you, you think you're just talented enough to not have the proper proper presentation? Come on now. Very important. Invest in your visuals. I'm going to say it again. Hashtag, invest in your visuals. Recently released his own film titled Young Kanye, a hilarious depiction of a wild roommate whose creative process very much so mirrors that wild man, Yeezy. Man has his own IMDb profile. The words go <laughs> on and on and on, but check his credits. Check his resume. Learn him. This is my guy, my brother. We were blessed to have him work on our promo video to launch a constant supporter and I'm I'm just honestly so in in admiration of all the things that he's doing, despite like I'm I'm 25. This man is young, younger than me, doing doing the damn thing. So we're very very blessed to have him here, Chris Omar, ladies and gentlemen. Clap it up, clap it up. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Happy New Year, everyone. I'm feeling good. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to new beginnings, a new year. I mean, um, it's I'm glad we're out of 2020. 
I mean, 2020 was supposed to be an amazing year. And, uh, I mean, that was something. It was definitely a traumatic experience for everyone. It was a collective experience. And, I mean, you know, I feel like art is going to be telling the story of 2020 for years to come. So I'm looking forward to being part of that. Yeah. Before we jump into this stuff, do you have any New Year's resolutions for this year? I would love, I, you know, it's funny. I wanted to talk about it. I'm going to put it in the chat, but I'm so glad that you're mentioning this now. I would start off, I want to just remain consistent. I want to focus on consistency in my own life. I've gotten some new fitness goals I've been working on as well. But most importantly, I want to start journaling every day and start reflecting on just my thoughts and just things like that. So I, I can look back and see, you know, where I've gone, how I progressed. And so that's kind of the goals for at least, you know, the small resolutions that I can actually do every day. So those Mm -hmm. those are mine. How about you, Chris? Independence. That's a big one for me. I mean, you know, taking full independence and, you know, stepping into it, being a college grad. Um, And then, you know, on top of that, some fitness goals and, you know, just trying to stay physically right and mentally there. And, you know what I mean? And just consistency as well. I'm going to, I'm going to follow up with the same thing. Cause I mean, you know, it's just about keeping that momentum going. It's all about momentum in this game, especially. So keep it up this is, might be the title of this episode because that's one of my resolutions as well i definitely want to be be more consistent you know take things to the next level so, uh I, I i i hit my fitness goals last year but i'm you know I'm, I'm about to set some crazier ones like i'm like 190 something right now i'm maybe trying to drop to like 175 um and uh i have a hard time letting shit go like i, I really be like overthinking a lot of stuff so i, I really want to work on that this year like just mm-hmm. being able to process things and move on so that's that's one of my biggest resolutions for this year. But uh, I'm excited to see what 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 all of us do. Um, and yeah, <laughs> stay busy out here. Um, of course, we got to shout out our listeners for tapping in. First episode of 2021. Uh, we got to shout out our guy, the man that you cannot see, but you feel him, Kieran, VP of everything. Uh, we got to shout out Anchor, our distribution platform. If you do not know, Anchor will distribute your podcast for free to all the streaming platforms you would like to use. And you can get some sponsored ads, regardless of your listenership. And... Of course, shout out to Zoom, allowing you to see our beautiful, melanated, hydrated faces. So let's get into this chat, man. Uh, Drake didn't drop his album on New Year's Day. You know, uh, I, was, I was a little disappointed, a little disappointed about that. Like, literally, literally like, you know, we, we, we was watching the ball drop, you know, to ha- have my drink, to kiss my girl. And then, like, you know, I, I was checking Apple Music and there was no Drake album there. It wasn't even a single or a two pack. I was like, all right, dog, you know. Cool, fine, fine. You really missed a golden opportunity, but it's it's okay. You know, he, he said January twenty. Yeah, man. You know, but he said January twenty twenty one. So I'm I, I'm optimistic that we're going to get the album this month. Um, we did get some really really unfortunate news uh, the day of uh, New Year's Eve, uh, which is crazy. Uh, the late uh, MF Doom, uh, he passed. He actually passed on October thirty first, Halloween. Uh, but we didn't find out until New Year's Eve. Uh, the cause of his death is unknown. Um, but that was something that really, really shook people up. I mean, and this is not to like diminish his, his his personal loss. When you think of everyone we lost in 2020 and the fact that on the last day of 2020, we find this out. And like MF Doom meant a lot to so many people, uh, whether you're just a, a casual hip hop fan or, or a true underground hip hop fan or a hip hop historian. Uh, he was he was someone who was a lot of people's goat. He's, he's, he's someone who who a lot of people spoke extremely highly of. Um, so just a really, really major loss uh, for the culture and for hip hop. And again, like to find that out hours before we're shifting into a new year is just absolutely crazy. Did, did, did MF Doom mean anything to, to y'all personally? Go ahead, Chris. 
I'm personally, I don't think I'm in that generational gap. Like I started listening to hip hop, like probably like Oh nine. So I wasn't really, I knew of MF doom. And I knew how important he was to people, but I never got to tap in with him. Unfortunately. I'm so I'm similar in the sense of like knowing who he was. Obviously if you know, you know, um, cause for me, the way I was familiar with him was through like other artists, like, you know, uh, flying Lotus, uh, Mad Lib, these sort of people, like is how I heard of MF doom. Uh, and some of my people who are like real hip hop heads, obviously really love MF doom. Um, and so I've heard some of his songs and obviously loved what I heard, but yeah, I never really was like, I never really listened to him like that because I think of just, you know, when he was on, on, like, I think my, I was too young to be aware. Nobody was showing me that stuff, but um, the stuff that I have heard, you know, he was, they say he was one of the really, real greats when it came to like lyricism and everything. So it's, it's a true loss. Uh, He was one of someone who's really able to maintain that sort of like shadowy figure sort of vibe. And I think that he, I think he really set the template for mystery and music for like, he walked so a lot of people could run so the weekend could run so you know her could run so a lot of these acts that sort of you know have this sort of mysticism behind them and of course there's other acts like daft punk and the gorillas and other people like that but i think he's one of the ones for our culture specifically who sort of led in that and really owned it and set the example for others to follow so you know rest in peace to mf doom and his you know i'm praying peace for his family yeah. this time 100%, 100%. um an interesting conversation took place between will i am and wyclef um i'll read the quote here uh black ips aren't considered a black group because they have had international success um nick i i, I kind of want you to tackle this one first like how did you feel reading that and seeing that man when i was re- it was just like huh like what are you talking about the fact there's a lot of artists, there's a lot of people who, uh, and here's my thing, I'll, I'll preface this. I think that black people should be in all genres. I think there should be black people in everything and we should sort of normalize allowing black people to be able to do different things that aren't quote unquote traditionally black or where we've been siloed, right? I was watching a Lenny Kravitz thing the other day and I'm just like, Lenny Kravitz is one of our few black rock stars we need more black rock stars because other people from other communities need to realize that we do everything. We can do everything. We don't have to just fit into one thing. We're not a monolith. When it comes to the matter of the black eyed peas. Now is will I am taboo who I've actually met. Um, will I am is black taboo is native American and uh, Apple Dab is Afro-Filipino, and then Fergie was, I think, was Italian or not. So just as a whole, they're a, a very diverse, world-reflecting group, right? And so I think for him to kind of speak it and saying, like, well, you know, we weren't considered the top of the, the, you know, we weren't considered, our success wasn't considered Black because we've had international success, to me, didn't make any sense. I think it's all about the community that you focus on, the community that you cater to, the sound that you push. They've always pushed a bit larger than life world sound, right? And it's not an all black group. It's really two black people in the group. And one, if you don't know he's Afro-Filipino, you wouldn't know that. And someone should quote me on that or 
to fact check me on that, but I'm pretty sure Applejack is Afro-Filipino. But the point being, it, it kind of brought me back to when Drake was talking on the, on the Rapid Radar interview uh, when he felt like, you know, why is my success not looked at as black success? Which I think is an interesting point if we want to talk about like artists, it's almost like putting blackness synonymous with like only a certain level, a threshold of success, mm -hmm. which I think is so interesting because in other realms and other fields, blackness, you know, is at the highest level of whatever success is in that field, that, that space. So I think him saying that, I think he was misguided in saying that because I think that their music has always felt like it was black in nature, but appealed to more people. And that's not necessarily that we don't claim them, but it's not something that I think you, you should be huffing and puffing that we don't give you your credence or your flowers for being considered a black group when I think you're not really a black group. How do you feel about it, Chris? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's a correlation between international success and, you know, like being a black group. And I, I, I like what Nick said. It's it, it it's weird like that people do like kind of pigeonhole a group because they're seeing that success like with Drake or I mean really anyone like like why why does it matter like yeah yeah I mean that's just my take on it I, I just think it's stupid and I mean it has a lot of power structures and dynamics at play that come up with that kind of opinion yeah. so yeah I don't know yeah people want that validation but it's it's almost limiting in a way I feel. Um, so yeah, no, great points there. Also, you gotta earn it too, though. Like, you do. You have to earn sort of, you know, if you want the community to embrace, you have to embrace the community or do Absolutely. things for the community. Like, yeah, yeah, you, you have to, you have to do things that have seen like this is a this is a stamp that you are here for the community that you have done, right? Um, and I've always considered them as a pop group, which is not a bad thing because, like I said, we need black people in all spaces. Mm -hmm. So I think. For people, for black folks and artists and creators who are not in traditionally quote unquote black spaces, which really every space started black and it was just been given regurgitated to us in a non black presentation, so we think it's not black, whatever. That's an aside. I think that is very important that if you want the community to embrace it, you need to do things for the community. You know what I'm saying? How many, how many times have you gone and, and done a show for you know a black initiative how many times have you partnered with a black organization that's trying to further our community those things are important whether you make alternative pop electronic things that are quote unquote not traditionally black show us that you are doing something and it's important also at the same time we just see black people doing things outside of black spaces but if you want that love give love period yeah it's kind of weird the timing of it too like black IPs are kind of out of their prime i i don't i don't their prime. yeah like I, I don't know the last time they put music out please feel free to fact check me but, i remember uh, like oh nine oh yeah nine. Like, i got a pal the last thing Google i listened yeah. <laughs> so it's like why is this coming up now i mean th there are a lot of conversations around blackness especially with what's been going on this year politically and all that but i don't know the timing of it also just seems real, real strange but i mean hey black ips you you made some great stuff you guys are you guys are forever um you you are like we can't erase you from music history like you've given us such incredible stuff oh they put on a track in april wow <laughs> interesting i i hear um but um <laughs> but shout, shout out to you um you're extremely talented like just yeah i, I don't know <laughs> nick what you sipping on bro 
Man, I'm sipping on some. Uh, I love this mug. I love black mugs. I'm into that. More in 2021. More black mugs. Silverware. I'm drinking some. Um, what's the name? Tea. This is a uh, throat coat tea, which is amazing for singers, speakers, all the above. And I've drinking this many times before. I didn't know that they had quotes on the back of the little, the little thing. So I'm gonna read the quote. The quote is, "Are not flowers the stars of the earth?" By Clara Lucas Balfour. Are flowers not stars of the earth? And just to highlight a star of the earth, this is coming out of the Rolling Stone. Bandcamp is my star of the earth for today. Uh, Bandcamp did something over the pandemic. I just want to highlight this, is that they had this thing called Bandcamp Fridays that happened the first Friday of each month. And basically what they did, they brought in $40 million for artists during the COVID pandemic. This is by Ethan Millman. Thank you, Ethan. Each Friday, first Friday of the month, they waived their full revenue share on its sales to help artists uh, fend off basically the COVID ails of the of the industry not being able to tour, not being able to perform. Um, as people don't know, you know, touring and is pretty much the most reliable revenue stream. <laughs> you play a show, you get paid. You play another show, you get paid. It's the most consistent form of revenue. That's why artists go on tour for most of the year. Um, so they were holding these events, you know, since. Uh, They've held these events, like I said, since March of 2020. They're actually, they announced that they're going to be continuing it uh, probably well into May of 2021. Uh, so this is really, really exciting because, like I said, they've dispersed $40 million to artists and labels. A little bit of breakdown of the numbers that, well, 93% of the money that they spent on the artists or labels uh, was for Bandcamp Friday. 82% of the, of the money still reaches them on a purchase or any non-Bandcamp Friday day, according to the company, that was really interesting to me because I was like, well, if they're giving away money, waiving their full revenue for pretty much one day, how are they, you know, staying afloat, which is, of course, they made it make sense. But I think this is an example for a lot of the smaller music platforms or mid-tier music platforms to say, like, this is doing something about, you know, trying to put, take, take your fate into your own hands as much as you can, you know, and helping survive the industry because artists, Without artists, what art and content do we have to share? Without producers, what art and content do we have to share? Any people on the content side, engineers, artists, videographers, photographers, what, you know, without them, how can we move forward? Because everything else to me, you know, is really truthfully secondary. Um, so, I mean, this is, it's been really great because over 2.5 million people made Bandcamp purchases on the normal business days, totaling 145 million in music and merchandise sales. So, Bandcamp is going to be something that I probably will get invested in in 2021, just because I think that this is really important. And, you know, this is like we said, just talk about the half and half. This is if you want the community to love you, take show love, give love, uh, and this is really important. Apple had also done a 50 million dollar royalty advance fund for independent artists to ensure that the artists got paid as well. You know, Spotify had recently announced a 500 thousand dollar donation to the National Independent Venue Association. Of course, an advocacy agency for government assistance, subsidizing struggling venues who've been without revenue drivers since March. So, this is uh, this is really important. I think we need we need more people to follow Bandcamp's lead. So, platforms do whatever you can. It doesn't have to be something that's you know waving your full revenue, but help help a venue out, help an artist, do things like that. It's really going to help us make sure that we can somewhat try to smoothly transition out of this pandemic when it does lift and try to find some sort of normalcy, even though it probably won't be the same, but 
we can sort of try to mitigate as much as we can during it. So that's my half and half. Just wanted to highlight Bandcamp because they are my star of the earth. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> to our new employee of the month. This is my guy, extremely talented writer, Nicholas Tyrell Scott. Clap it up for Nicholas. Yes, sir. You got, you got to get his name right. It's not, not just Nicholas. Nicholas Dash Tyrell. Oh, Nicholas Tyrell. Uh, he's a music and culture journalist, speaker, and writer. Bylines include Hype Beast, NME, Paper Magazine, OK Player, Audio Mac, etc. My boy out in the UK, uh, he's got an extremely, extremely great podcast. One of my favorite music podcasts, aside from us. It is called Do, Don't Alert the Stands, um, with a marked focus on stand culture. Um, they be talking about Drake, you know, you know, they be, they be, they be kind of getting to me, but it's cool. It's, it's, it's responsible discussions, which we love on Stay Busy. Um, Nicholas Tyrell had an amazing year. Uh, most notably, his first ever cover story for Paper Magazine was on Flo Millie. My, my, my man talked to Flo Millie. That's so incredible. Amazing. Incredible. So shout out to him. We'll be highlighting him all month. Um, Y'all might be hearing from him soon. I'm, I'm not, not going to say much on that, but you know, <laughs> you know we stay bringing in the fire employees of the month. So one more time, shout out to Nicholas Tyrell Scott. Yes, sir. All right. Let's get into the fun. Slide deck time. Frank, take us away. The best song wasn't the single, but you weren't either. And okay, as you know, we, we got our guest. We're we going to let him play his track first. What did you bring for us, good sir? I brought Quicksand by Murray, straight out of Fayetteville, North Carolina. Um, okay. I probably, I mean, he, he's popping now. Like he's, I'm, I'm starting to see like a lot of um, love from the baby. Um, even Cole shouted him out. Uh, he's getting a lot of support from the industry now. And I mean, uh, I saw, saw like a blog post uh, about him and, and it was showing the Quicksand video probably like in October-ish, I think and i just like i like seeing artists have fun like yeah. that's a big thing so whether it's designer little uzi like those guys like when, when i see them having fun making their music like i i kind of become a fan i'm like oh that's you know it's good vibes so yeah. i like it and he has support he has a city support behind him and that's what's up so that's so, my uh, pick Since it's just the time with a kickstand Thinking of a plan to get quick bands Falling in deep with the quicksand Flag on my ass, no quick brand I was packing on the ground, got my way up Hot beef in the streets, I can stay here Betty Crocker show me how to bake a cake, bro Doing that put everything I'll ever stick, bro Since it's just the time with a kickstand Thinking of a plan to get quick bands Falling in deep with the quicksand Flag on my ass, no quick brand I was packing on the ground, got my way up Hot beef in the streets, I can stay here Betty Crocker show me how to bake a cake, bro Steak, bro. Back in the day, man, a nigga had ripped jeans Couldn't afford a new pair, I had broke shoes Couldn't think about the money, I had broke dreams Outfit was the match of a crack scene I was trying to be fly, couldn't take off Clothes falling on my ass, lost weight, dog. No jacket in the winter, had to shake, dog. Then I said, fuck it, cause something gon' have to shake, dog. Then my nigga Bobby put me on a quick kick Wasn't a lie, but enough for a quick fix Interception, I was stealing, caught me a pick six And it's no bitch, and roll, bitch, it was brick dick Never killed, I ain't gonna lie, I was tempted He was
was a target, but he lucky that I missed it. I was always fucking up, was a misfit. My opportunity was knocking and I missed it. Young when I hopped off the stoop, two doors where I floor if I hop in the coop. Two swords from a wall where I couldn't lose. Got scars and bruises, man, I got the proof. Resemble, yeah, still, cause I got the juice. You think you too park, let all my ass loose. Step in no nest with my Timberland boots. I'm planning, I'm stable, I'm growing in rules. Since it's just the time with a kickstand. Thinking never plan, nigga, quick bands. Falling in deep with a quick stand. Flag on my ass, no quick run. I was packing on the pound, got my weight up. Had beef in the streets, had to stay here. Betty Tucker, show me how to break it, bro. I was literally just about to say, like, in all honesty, no gas. That's one of the best slides someone's brought to to, to the show. So thank you. For I was not up. expecting that, but that's fire. Wow! <laughs> I pressed. I pressed add to library so fast. Oh! <laughs> when I when I heard it, it was the same exact. I was like, damn. Rod, I I got Roddy Rich like vibes of the East. That's yeah. what I got. East yeah. Coast Roddy Rich. Even though he's from like, Atlanta, kind of. Yeah, it, it, he like, has that sort of bounce. He has this sort of like you know current trap bounce and like the, the melodic flow yep. that you hear from from everybody from Atlanta and whatnot, but in Roddy as well. But like at the same time, to me, his voice is more like if he wanted to sing, I bet he could sing. Yeah, like mm-hmm. his voice was clearer to me. Didn't have that many effects on it. He was like hitting the notes, and that's what for me drove like really captured me as well as the energy, the way he was attacking it sounded mm-hmm. so powerful so like it makes you listen yeah. shout out to hagen and Ant producing that one that was yes. that was wow 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 wow, wow. <laughs> he, he levitated yeah no. <laughs> mm-hmm. you you sold that properly leading into that track whoa i'm glad i'm glad i didn't let down <laughs> wow i cannot wait to clip this and tag murray wow murray yeah. oh it's Ant chamberlain excuse me hagen and Ant chamberlain yeah. wow 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 yeah thank wow. you thank you that for that i'm I'm about to run that as soon as we don't record him. Exactly. <laughs> he got like four singles too. Like he got four singles out now. I mean, that's one of them, but like he's dropping like hitters. I mean, that's the, that's the, the, the hit record, but you know, that joint is crazy. Yeah. How'd you say you found him again? Just Twitter. Like it was like one of those random like hip hop blogs. Wow. I think, I think it said See, like blogs matter. They do. They blogs do. matter. I think Cole uh, commented on Instagram and it was just like, yo, like, you know, flame emojis or whatever. And I was like, you know, if that's fame, so it's cool. It's cool to me. Cole, Cole don't be on IG. So Cole dropping flame emojis on you. Man, you know. Seriously. But you, you saw know. a reaction. I'm like, yeah. oh, immediately. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. Immediately. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Nick, you, you got to follow that up, bro. <laughs> what you got for see, us? See what, she, see what he did there? <laughs> see how you put me next? I, I, always let you, I always let you go first. You know that. <laughs> but see, ever since he wanted to make this a competition, he put all the little subtle stuff in there. Thinking that it's going to get past me when I know I see it off top. Uh, what we're trying to do, though, I'm going to change up the vibe a little bit, ease y'all down. I got I to, gotta, you know, mellow it out just a little bit because Murray came with the heat. I found this artist, you know, I was looking for slides. I spent a lot of time looking for slides, just trying to find good stuff. And I've come across her before and listened, but I, I didn't find the right song, I guess. Uh, and I liked what I heard initially, but this song captured my attention immediately, specifically because of her voice, the songwriting. The songwriting is really strong as well as it's, it's simple, but it's catchy and it's, 
it's just great, strong beat, strong production. Uh, definitely something that's my vibe if you have listened, everybody. Uh, this is Love Me Back by Jeanette Claudette. This is produced by August Rigo. Let's get into it. I love live production. I love live bass. I love that sort of that sort of sound. Like you know, it's just it's just such a good, great groove to it. So, and she just she levitated perfectly. Her delivery was on point. Super sexy delivery. Mm-hmm. Super drawing you in. And the song is talking about basically, you know, like it's a very earnest sort of like. I know that you're in, sort of in a different place, and I'm starting to distance myself. But like, love me back to bring like you draw me in like. Oh, she just delivered on that. So, wow. Jeanette Claudette. And that came out in 2018. Timeless stuff. Come on. Timeless. Come on. I'm fired up today. Preach, brother. It's 2021. Good pens only. Bring your feather out. Seriously. Come on. What's the quill hitting on? (laughs) Period. Calligraphy. What's the calligraphy talking about? (laughs) 
Uh, I'm going to try and end this strong. We, we, we had two heaters come, you know. Um, sometimes I kind of put myself at a disadvantage having Nick go first, you know what I'm saying? But but <laughs> I had to I had to pull the Peyton Manning audible. Uh, <laughs> I, I had something intended, but I'm going to go with a track that uh, yeah. Nick, Nick should recognize pretty soon. Uh, this is Calabasas by Smooth. This, this joint is on my Spotify on repeat. I listen to this very, very often. This joint is hard. I'm not selling it as well as Chris sold his, but I'm, I'm, I'm just letting me. Sometimes you guys just let the music talk. So we gonna get this is the one with Blueface, right? Uh, I'm sorry, the one with Blueface, right? Oh, what about no Blueface? different song, different song, different song. Okay, different song. never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Moonwalking in Calabasas, I'm bugging. <laughs> Last night I dreamed about you We were in Calabash The vibe was feeling brand new So I just had to bag it These days Can't wait to see the shocker Since you left I just miss you sure about my guy smooth real quick that's a i know smooth for a long long time he actually came to new york recently um before i came over here and we linked and uh this man is an unbelievably talented songwriter he's a great melody guy he knows arrangements he's he's someone i've known for a long time and he's someone who i am very much so like very impressed with his growth and how he's come into the music and industry he's been some big, really big sessions i can't speak on it because it's not mine to speak on but when we linked he played me some new stuff and this man y'all heard it here first y'all smooth look out for smooth that man is going to be doing some serious stuff uh he's already writing with some serious people i can't speak on it but what's up he's names you know um and for his own stuff too so that's shout out to my guy smooth 
Um, wow, I didn't know you were gonna play that. That's dope. <laughs> yeah, that's my joint. That's my joint. It was really cool. When, uh, I met him two years ago when you and I went to the uh, the ASCAP show. The ASCAP show. Yeah, I met him and Jermaine. Jermaine actually helped write uh, on Calabasas as well. Shout out Jermaine. Jermaine is incredible. Uh, if you're not hip to Jermaine, get hip to Jermaine as well. But yeah, um, smooth is smooth is dope, and we, we we kept in touch a little bit uh, ever since we met. And I'm excited to hear this this new stuff you're talking about because Calabasas is <laughs> Calabasas is is the one. So if this man has has the two and the three coming, oh, yes, then... he does. Oh <laughs> yes, then... oh yes, he got him. Street's got to get ready. I couldn't find who, who who produced that. I'll have to ask him. I believe that's um, TK. TK. TK? I believe okay. TK produced that one. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's a TK wrote on it, but uh, okay, word. That's dope. Yeah, I believe yeah. TK produced on that. So shout out to him. Shout out to Murray. Shout out to Jeanette Claudette. Um, and as y'all know, the Slide Deck playlist is available on all platforms. Hit the link tree in our IG and Twitter bio if you would like a slide added to the deck. Hit us on IG or Twitter at StayBusyPod or email us at StayBusyPod at gmail.com. Also, the mailing list is in our link tree as well. Tap in, send us your email, get some exclusives. You know the vibes. Ladies and gentlemen, as you know, we have an incredible guest here, Chris Omar. Um, so before we get into the board meeting conversation, we got to hit this man, warm him up with some auto <laughs> reply. So, Nick, Ooh. kick us off, brother. All right, we'll start <laughs> off with camera. Easy, bro. Lens. Okay. <laughs> Film. Uh, development. Okay. Record or record. <laughs> uh, don't forget to hit it. We're going to get into angles. Uh, diversify them. Mm. Okay. Vision. Um, oh, my God. Uh, lucid vision. Shout out to my boy, Lucid. <laughs> nice, nice. New York. Uh, New York. Jay Z. <laughs> Title. Jay Z. <laughs> Last but not least, Omar. Omar, Palestinian. There, there we, we go. go. There we go. Shout out to shout out the motherland. There we go. Very My nice. guys warmed up, so we're gonna get into the board meeting now. I I, I want to kick this off. You, you tweeted this, I think, in 2019, and, and like it really stuck with me, so I wanted to hear you speak on it more. Uh, you tweeted, don't call me a videographer, and your Twitter bio says that you are a filmmaker, so I, I before we kind of get into your origins, I, I want you to briefly speak on, you know, what a videographer is to you and why you specifically are like, nah, you're not going to call me that. I'm, 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 I'm a filmmaker. As um, I start sending invoices to companies, I've realized I don't care what they call me anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, um, pay me. So <laughs> that's, I mean, it, my, my boy, I, I got some good perspective with my boy because he was asked the same question one time on a, on a talk. And videographers tend to like, you're just hired to be a videographer and just shoot what's in front of you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a director, a producer, a filmmaker in general, usually you're, you're going to sculpt you know, your own vision and then create something out of that. A videographer is, you know, just someone who's going to, whether it be your iPhone camera, be a regular camera, and you're just shooting like a corporate event. That's what a videographer is. So like, I'm taking on those gigs because they pay and I don't care. But <laughs> I, my my thoughts have changed. And, you know, I understand that typically if someone's asking for a videographer it's and it's, you know, not necessarily a corporate client or like something like that, I might know that maybe that's not my lane. Like maybe, maybe it's not the job for me because they might not know exactly like the different roles and stuff. And I'm happy to educate, but like, you know, typically, typically um, terminology has a lot to do with the budget. Yeah. And that's just the way I look at things. So, I mean, you know, 
There you go. It's more like yeah. camera operator, if you will. <laughs> yeah, camera operator. Yeah, camera operator is fine. Like I, I called. Like I, I usually give that self give my credit for that. Like with the rap radar and title gigs, because you know I'm not the one running the show on those. But right. right yeah. Right. So essentially, stop limiting Chris because he don't he, <laughs> he don't just record. He has a vision. He comes in with the creativity. We were, Nick and I saw it firsthand when we did the promo video. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the energy he brings to a set, yeah, you're not gonna call this man just a videographer. So <laughs> get it right, get it tight. But of course, we, we got to learn like your path to now being called a filmmaker. Your origins. What made you first want to pick up the camera? And like, what's what's the journey been? Well, my parents like always had like a, a tape record, like a camcorder and stuff like, mm-hmm. you know, since they were married and stuff like that. And I was always playing around that when I was a little kid. And, you know, with Nerf guns, we'd make like, you know, fake short films and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, like a little fine. kid. So that's like the earliest memories I have of that. Um, and I was always watching movies with my grandma and my dad and stuff and like that. I was like going to the movie theaters was like a big like ritual for me. Um, yeah. So when it came down to it, I think it was fifth grade for Christmas. My dad got me a mini DV camcorder, Sony Handycam. So I remember I was just like, just shooting, like, you know, making snowmans with my sister and like, just, you know, having fun with it. Um, And then it went on to ninth, like eighth grade. We were told our electives for high school and video, basic video production was the one I was like, that sounds really cool. But I actually was playing, I was playing paintball in middle school. And like a huge part of paintball is like the, the highlight reels that I'd make for the tournaments and they were like sick, yeah. like dubstep edits like you know cute girls like sick like dives into the bunkers and it was just fire and like as a middle school kid from the suburbs i loved it and right. one of my friends i'm gonna call i'm calling him out zach he had the <laughs> camera gear and the editing gear and um he would hold out on giving me the footage to edit like of myself playing and i wanted to learn how to edit and he wouldn't give it to me so when the elective came along i was like you know what i'm gonna learn myself i don't need zach and that's that's uh, how the journey started. I mean, I wow. didn't stop there. And I told my, my teachers knew it like from the jump that I was going to be doing this as a living. And I had guidance counselors trying to put me in physics instead of the morning show. And I would go in there and argue and be like, I don't plan on being a physicist. I'm going to be doing this. And I had like a guidance counselor like you can't you know, you can't just uh, pay the rent, you know, just shooting music videos. And I'm kind of proved to wrong. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah. So how, uh, tell us a little bit more about like, you know, as you are now, as you work for yourself, you're a freelance independent, um, multi-hyphenate creator, content creator is what I'll say. <laughs> how have you kind of sort of, you know, balance in this time, you know, trying to find work and make sure you're staying yourself afloat, but also growing your skills. What have you been working on yourself? To make sure um, I'm super blessed to have been working in 2020. Like, I mean, I know that was not a reality for a lot of my colleagues and stuff like that. And I mean, this was a crippling event for the film industry. Yeah. I mean, I started off the year right with like the A Boogie gig and that was like one of my biggest gigs and I was super excited. Right. And like, I was, I was in California in January and then literally a month later, lockdown. Yeah. And it was like, damn. And then, you know, I mean, just right out the lockdown. Um, thank God, you know, for the pandemic assistance and stuff like that to just get through it. And like, that was a good time, like actually for me to like, like hitting on the question of like developing skills, like actually that was a good time for us um, to start developing screenwriting. And like me and yeah. like, a lot of my friends started jumping on Zoom. We were just having like writer rooms like every Thursday night or Wednesday night or whenever it was. And it was actually really fun because it was around the same time that young Kanye uh, got nominated for the Broken College Film Festival. We just finished that up. So like everyone loved it and it was like, oh, let's jump in and create a series out of it. I don't think I'm gonna do the series, but it was a cool experience nonetheless when it came to writing. Right. And then as the lockdown and we got into the, you know, the phases where we could start working again, um, 
I was blessed enough to like actually have work to do. And I mean, you know, just capitalized off of it and, you know, had a pretty good Q4. So. Yeah. That's good. Man. It's, that's, it's, yeah. It's just about staying really consistent. Good. Staying consistent and just being open to different things. Like you said, you know, okay, we can't be on set as much. So let's write, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Let's get in the, let's get in the, in the shed and do that. I want to talk a little bit more about your music video catalog. Cause that's how I came to know uh, you you know who you were. You've done some work with some of our people's like Jacques and some other artists like I've seen like 232. Uh, oh. I, yeah, tell us a little yep. bit more about your music video catalog and where you see yourself kind of going with that. So, I mean, um, definitely one of my first uh, music video collaborators um, who gave me like one of the first opportunities like as to like actually shoot their music video as like a serious person who's also taking their music seriously was 232. Um, I call him Saya. That's like my brother. I've known him since I was a senior in high school. So like, wow. I remember um, I was never, it was my first time actually staying overnight in Brooklyn. Like I never, like I was planning on going to Brooklyn college and um, this is before, like I'm, I'm from, you know, upstate New York. So I'd never st- stayed in the city before. And it was like, it was Valentine's, it was Valentine's day Eve, 2016. And I stayed overnight in a bed crib and we shot a music video there. And like, that was like my first experience, like, you know, wow. shooting a video in the city. And like, that was our first music video. We, ne- we released it um, just for fun on Instagram to show like, ha, unreleased, but we never released it. And then we just hit consistent after that and just continued yeah. to work. And I mean, we're making some really cool stuff now. And, like, you know, it's, it's starting to show. So it's really cool. Typically, how are you involved with, with music projects? I know that changed clients to clients, you know, some clients are probably like, Hey, Chris, drive the vision. Hey, some are like, hey, Chris, just shoot it and edit it. Like what, how do you sort of balance that role of when you bring, you know, that multi-hyphenate mindset to these, these different projects? Yeah. When like, when it comes to having like a client, like, like for, for example, like 232 or Jock or 94 Jew, like those guys typically will give me full creative control over a project and let me just run the show. Like, let me handle all production aspects you know, typically I'll hire out someone else to shoot it. Maybe I'll hire out someone else to edit it. And I'll just run the show as a producer. Cause like, honestly, my goal and all goal is to be a film producer, run the show from a business aspect and a creative yeah. aspect and just, you know, control the logistics. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's tons of gigs where I take on who like, you know, if, if the, the rate's right, I'll take a videographer gig. I'll take a, a DP gig. I actually got to take a, it was like my first gig where I actually like officially was a director of photography and only had to worry about that with um Bayree the Siren with um the Brat yeah, video. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I just yeah. fo- started following her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bree awesome. Um, and she she hit me up about that, and that was a really fun shoot. And like she had she had the vision, she directed it. So like that was actually the first time where I worked with an artist who was actually taking the director credit, and I just you know was the DP. Yeah. It was less stress, and I just did what I had to do, and it was fun. Yeah, yeah. So I. You know, we spoke about the eight boogie, but you've also done, uh, I believe you did the Ari Lennox car test as well. Correct. Yeah, so that was my first car test. How did you, um, how did you s- secure these placements? Like, yeah, how, man. How, 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 how does someone just do that? Like, title just like, yeah, call Chris Omar. Like, what's no, up with it? Um, luck. Very, very lucky. Um, my, bu- really my buddy, um. When I went to Brooklyn College, um, we would work on each other's thesis films. Like that's how like the film department would work. We'd all work on each other's projects and stuff. So that's great. I was the assistant director on my buddy Jose's film, and his director of photography was my boy Josh Perez, Phase Five on Twitter. Um, and he was a 26 year old freelance filmmaker. 
he said like you know he was telling me about like his career his trajectory how like he was like a pa on a one of like the what's j cole all i want is you with j cole and miguel mm-hmm. he was a yeah. pa on that video back in the day and i like you know i'm it's 2018 this is weeks before i went on the road with cause and he's just giving me advice and kicking game and i'm like yo like this dude like i'm i'm gonna be in 26 i'm gonna be 26 in like five years like i could be in his position and I just stayed in contact with Josh and like, that's like my brother now. Like he, he's like a mentor to me. He teaches me a lot of like most of my onset experience actually. Yeah. And then um, he eventually let me get my feet wet with um, a live nation gig that he got um, to shoot. Um, what's it called? Once to watch. Yep. And we got yeah. to shoot um, with destiny Rogers and like a couple other, like, you know, cool and up and coming talents at uh, the live nation building in New York city. And then eventually when like the, he knew I was a big dreamville fan, Ari Lennox fan. He's like, Hey, like, you want to come shoot this? You just have to drive to DC, like pick me up. They want to fly me out. But if you just want to drive down there, we can go. I was like, Hey, Les. And that was Ari was the coolest person ever. <laughs> that was one of the coolest experiences wow. ever. And then, yeah, just went from there. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. That that's, just goes to show networking connections and hard work. Like you, you, you're going to get rewarded. You keep putting, putting the work in and improving your craft. And so with craft improvement in mind, uh, what is something you feel you can improve on in, in your work? Actually like sitting with a project and like fully like planning it out the way I want to mm-hmm. like, obviously the way like this especially because we make short form content like i'm not really you know locked into the feature space because that's months at a time i like personally music videos where you know you have a turnaround of like a month at most like you know like short like little ads and stuff where it's like quick turnarounds but i would really like to like lock in and maybe you know work on a really cool short film or like a, a tv series eventually so like i have some ideas down the pipeline i'd like to do and i just feel like even documentaries as well that's a big thing with me so it's uh like actually giving it the, the 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 full treatment that you're supposed to. That's that's what I would like. How would you define your style so far? Because I'm sure you know it's always still developing as like to where an artist has their sound, a visual creative has their style, their look. Um, so how would you you know what are some some words that you would use to describe the Chris Omar so the co co visuals um, sort of sort of look or style and if you're still developing that who are you drawing from definitely still developing it um i'm a big guy when it comes to like conceptually talking on politics and social issues and stuff like that so yeah um one of my favorite directors he is my favorite director jordan peele yeah then we got barry jenkins with like moonlight and um i always draw a blank who's my favorite director or something like that but like you know like jordan peele is one of my favorite directors and like he's always like with get out he touched on the social political issues like perfectly and with young kanye if you watch young kanye you'll see like there's a lot of you'll you'll see there's definitely some similarities between get out and that 100 um i don't know if it was executed as well but (laughs) in in terms of like just having like you know like the the whole white privilege tropes and stuff like that and and that those concepts I, i like to dive in and make people think yeah so yeah what's your advice to artists who are trying to make striking visual content on a budget you know there's this conversation about artists renting out airbnbs and it's obvious that they're recording their videos and airbnbs and people say they should stop doing that but like they might not have the money to you know like do something bigger and better and really execute the vision that they want so what's your advice to someone to really make the most out of a visual even if their budget may not be you know where they want it to be I think um, 
Airbnbs, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I, I personally, if I have a client says, I'm going to rent out a really cool, like, loft or, like, you know, like, uh, like a, a crib in Beverly Hills or something, I'm like, that's perfect. That brings the production value up a million points. Now, right. working around the angles of actually being able to shoot in there and not getting in trouble with the host is another production issue that usually I'll bring up. But um, uh, what was the other part of the question? I'm sorry. Like, oh, like, budget-wise? Like, yeah, yeah, like, how do, yeah. Um. I mean, like a lot of times, like it's 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 lighting and and special equipment, whether it be a dolly or something like that. You know what I mean? Like lighting, typically, and it's it's actually paying for a crew. Like you know, like I can't do everything. Like I I mean, I can do everything if you want, <laughs> but I mean, you know, uh, jack of all trades are a master of none. You know, and like that's mm. not the way. Like like when I when I fully give like the due process of a project, like I don't want to do everything because it's just i can't focus on a million things at once exactly. so um a big thing like being able to secure in a budget where i can you know pay like a day rate for like some like uh assistant camera or director of photography or even an assistant director like those that is a make or break like having a crew is the most important thing to me because you know like you you have your guys that specialize in certain things like you know what i mean like i know guys that will be able to tell me all these different things about lighting and different lenses and stuff more than I know. And I mean, I'm pretty well-versed in that stuff. So it's good to have that. And I learned from them and they learn from me and it's just a, a great relationship. So the one thing for an artist, if a filmmaker, if you're reaching out to a filmmaker about a project brief and like, they're asking like, if you have a budget for crew, that's definitely something you want to invest in for sure. Now, what's the most essential crew to you? If you're running a project for like an independent artist, they want to do a music video what are the things that you need? Because I know a lot of directors, a lot of, uh, you know, people who don't like to edit their own stuff, even if they can't, they don't like to edit their stuff. You know, it's kind of like yeah. in a way, in a way, it's almost like I would, I would liken it to mixing people who mixing, who are mixing the record should master it and kind of vice versa. You know, they should, it should kind of, you're too close to it. So other hands should take it and be able to move it around. What, who are the essential crew people that you kind of bring in on every project? 100% on the editor like it really depends like if someone wants those trippy effects I'm sorry like <laughs> I'm not doing that like, I don't want to I don't want to sit there no like I, I don't even like them honestly so it's that's, whatever talk about it um essential crew is like I mean typically like I'll be a producer director on a, a gig so like I'll play those two roles and that's fine and editor too typically um a director of photography which is the, the cameraman. He's usually the one that's yeah. calling the shots on like, you know, he'll, he'll be the one operating. Typically he'll mm -hmm. tell the gaffer. So a gaffer is another role. They're the ones that'll basically sculpt the light and, you know, work with the DP to, to light a scene. And then you have grips who move the stands around in the lights and rig things up and they're super important. Um, if you can, if you have the opportunity to have an assistant director is super important. They'll be the ones keeping, they'll be on your ass about time, making sure that lunch is on the way the logistics yeah. like they're the ones that they're going to babysit the set and make sure that everyone's good because production man lunch need yeah. that lunch <laughs> exactly yeah so i mean like typically a producer ad will fill that role so you know that's uh those are the bare bones i mean you could there's so many different roles i mean if, if sound is needed you get a sound mixer of course a location yeah. sound mixer um I mean, all I, hear like, is the, all I hear is the price going up and up and up. And up. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you throw the sound guy in, that's when it's like, like yeah. yeah, yeah no, and I think, I think what, the reason why I bring this up is because um, as an artist myself, you know, and I know a lot of other artists not necessarily struggle with visuals 
or videos. And I think that oftentimes, and, and maybe this is the thing with just the world in general, is that, you know, money is a barrier to entry and budget is a barrier Absolutely. to entry. And so I think that, you know, you hear a lot of these people, you listen to videos or whatever, and they're like, you know, I just, you know, we shot this on an iPhone or we shot this on just one little Canon Rebel and we got it going, whatever. And the videos are high quality oftentimes. And you think about it, is that a personnel thing or a budget? And you see the videos and the content that, you know, of the people that are up and coming or you want to create, you know, want to create at the same level with, because you may be at the same talent level with, but they either have independent backers or whatever. And these, but these videos are budgeted from between five to 10,000 per video, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. And so not every person just has 5,000 to throw out one video or anything in the sliding scale. And so that's why I just wanted to, you know, sort of give to, for our audience who have, if we have an artist in the audience that may be, you know, struggling with videos and trying to get their visuals tight because they know they got good content and they just want to, because visuals really, to me, is like, if people don't believe it when they hear it a lot of times, you can make them believe it when they see it. Mm. You know, think exactly. about these. <clears throat> just real quick aside, Clive Davis was talking about in the, uh, his documentary, The Soundtrack of Our Lives. If you have not seen that documentary, everyone go watch it. You're a doc guy, music doc guy, I know. Mm-hmm. Go watch yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Clive Davis, and he talks about when he was getting with Alicia Keys and they had Fallen. And they, the song they knew was a great song. It was her, you know, come out song. And it didn't do the numbers that they expected it to do with just the music video and the, and the, the single itself and the sales. And so what he did is he got on the phone with Oprah, wrote a letter to Oprah and said, hey, can you please put Alicia on the on on the show because I know if people see it, they'll believe it. That was his thought process. And then after that, that performance, boom, she took off. And so like, I know like for myself, a lot of artists do well with live performance stuff. And, you know, that's another budget to getting the sound right and getting all these sort of things to have a live performance thing, you know, visual to be able to, to showcase that you are all, you know, you can do what you say you can do. And so I think it's a, it's, it's a consistent battle for a lot of artists trying to find that happy medium because as a visual creative yourself, you deserve to get paid what you deserve to get paid. But at the same time, it's like, how do artists navigate that space? And I think it's, you know, there's no real answer to that necessarily. It's case by case, person to person. So that's a, I just, you know, wanted to bring that up. That's a, that's a challenge for a lot of artists and when we come yeah. to visuals and a lot of people, I have a TV background, I have a production background, so I know what I really need. I can navigate when people are saying, oh, let's get, you know, you know, three PAs. Like, we don't need that. You know, you know like, oh, yeah. like I can, t- I, I know when people, you know, are BS me and I, I know that what's needed. Um, but I think that that's not often the case with a lot of artists. And I think a lot of artists, you know, kind of end up putting out subpar visuals because they just don't have the money. Yeah. It's not because the idea wasn't there. It's just like they couldn't get rent the car. They couldn't rent the, the warehouse or what it is. So, you know, just interesting. There's a, cu- there's a couple of things with that. Like, I mean, it doesn't help that we're, we live in a time where it's so attention deficit, like in terms of like having to release something every week to stay relevant. And like, yeah. like people expect like with the baby dropping a video every week, like, dude, like, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, 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 it sets like this expectation for artists. And that my advice to that is to prioritize, like based on like what you think your, your banger is going to be, your hit yeah. record, put the most money into that. And I mean, like you could still like make content, without going all out and like you, you just don't be too ambitious like like be realistic with your budget and it can still go a long way like uh what's a what's a good example like i mean 
it's not a good idea to go shoot in the middle of a highway to catch a skyline of your city when you don't have the proper production or like, you know, like a, blo- a lockdown of the highway because someone's going to get killed. You know what I mean? And like yeah. people be realistic in terms of like what you're able to do with your budget and just kill it based on that. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. Um, did I answer the question? Yeah, no. I yeah, mean, yeah. it was, I was yeah, more was, so commenting. Just, yeah, 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 more <laughs> so commenting and just sharing as an artist the things that we go through so far as when it comes to like, because, you know, marketing and branding and packaging and all that stuff, visually, that's where rubber meets the road. You can create fire in the studio all day. What's the video hitting on? What's the, the the packaging hitting on? What's the you know the visual branding hitting on? How do I buy into you as an uh, you know as a consumer as a music lover and and so these are the things that we deal with day in day out. It's like we need visuals, we need videos, we need videos. But who are we gonna go to? How much is it gonna cost? And that's the sort of like real business stuff that comes out. I think in a lot of artists and in, like if you're not familiar with that, it smacks you in the face immediately. Because <laughs> yeah, you want to get a rent a car, but then you realize it's three hundred an hour, and then you want to rent this. You need car insurance and, realize, and stuff, right? And you realize yeah. all these other things that that is just you know you're you're not aware of. And um, it, I'm trying to see if there's a way that we can sort of because I feel like right now, like I said kind of earlier, it's it's deeply connected to there's a correlation between well-budgeted projects and great content or like at least executing the ideas that you have in your mind and i'm yeah. finding is like you know is there a more streamlined way to sort of kind of split the difference and like what are the resources available to independent artists to be able to get it done so you know i'm just spitballing yeah all this stuff. i mean I, I feel like a lot of people neglect marketing yeah like they make the video they make a sick video they put 5k into the mm-hmm. video they don't have any marketing budget no one's going to see it. And then you're going to be upset because you have 64 views on the $5,000 music video you just paid for. <sighs> and like what I learned in school, and I, I, I try to take this into account when I, you know, work with my clients. Because mm-hmm. um, like one, one of my professors was like Woody Allen's assistant director. Wow. Like mm-hmm. he was an AD, like in the DGA for like 40 years, like worked with Robert De Niro and everyone. Like he, he has some cool stories. And he said that the studios, they budget 20% of the production budget for marketing. So if it's a okay, hundred million, a yeah. hundred million dollar film, 20 million of that is going to go into budget in marketing. So yeah, if you spend a thousand dollars on a video, $200 goes on Google ads. Has to. Yeah. Like Google ads is clutch. I learned that this year. That's a, it's, it's super it's, clutch. It's, it's real. Like, I mean, it's, you're getting real views, you're getting real comments and like, it, it, yeah, you're paying for it. And you know, it's like, not necessarily organic, but you're still getting it in, in front, front of, of people. people. That's what yes. that's what the labor that's, that's what the labor do. <laughs> yeah. When you're when you're paying four bands to WorldStar to put your video on there, they're going to be using Google Ads to get that pushed out on YouTube. Like that's not yeah. authentic views. You know what I mean? Like so, yeah. that's that's my place. What's really authentic these days, anyway? Nothing. Like, you authentically come across an ad all the time. Mm. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah, it's all about it's that. Like, yeah, so I think that that's a great thing. Armand, you got something to wrap it up? Yeah, Chris, um, I'm, you know, there's a lot of conversation these days about music videos and how people aren't necessarily being artistic with them. And I mean, I, I, I think that's a very general statement that's kind of wrong. I mean, I think Big Sean constantly puts out really, really strong videos. Uh, the Dreamboat artists constantly put out really strong videos. There's a lot of examples. Drake, obviously, has really, really good videos. For you, what do you feel about the state of music videos these days? And like, what do you think is lacking? Yeah. Uh, I mean, 
obviously that's lacking his budget because there's i mean the labels are trying to they want to push out more and more videos every week rather than doing like you know one for every single they drop every couple months now artists have to drop singles all the time and those budgets obviously get watered down and that's where we're at right now i mean like i don't even know but i'm pretty sure like the budgets back in the day were like 50k for a regular music video and now you're lucky if you get 5k from a label and even if they answer you after that, I've had plenty of times where a label ghosted me on like dream gigs. So like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's, uh, it's a lot of oversaturation. There's a lot of, it's a, a, a less budget, more projects going on. And that's, that's what it is. It's the market share thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, right. I think music videos are great. I, I love what everything's being put out by like the, the major guys and stuff like that. And even the younger guys. So, yeah, no, there was a much bigger emphasis. I, I, I think about it all the time. Like we used to sit home, like go home, rush home to watch one of the park, like the, the top 10, like Fact. you're actually invested in videos. And now it's like artists would just drop them kind of just as, as like additional promo post-release promo. Yeah. And, and like a lot of the time we'll see the same stuff. People just standing in front of cars or, you know, women or money. And it's like, so I, I, it's really important. And I love when I see someone put genuine effort into yeah. creativity, like the, uh, the uh, big Sean Plano games video where, where like he, he like remade uh, Martin. Like that was, oh, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, yeah. so fun to me. And it's like, I, I love seeing stuff like that. I love seeing people think outside the box. Um, we got to ask actually to, to, to really to wrap up, what's the craziest thing that you've seen or, or been a part of, or that's happened <laughs> while you were on a set? craziest and you don't have to use names you can say <laughs> i'm not saying name. i mean one of the artists i worked with um in a different country was i just went to a different country with tripping can i went to canada mm-hmm. and um <laughs> i think i know who this is <laughs> no i went to canada and i was just like cold dming everyone on instagram because i just wanted to work like and get my portfolio out there and like you know maybe build a network out there because I just thought it was cool. And, like, you know, I like the music out there. Because it's, like, that trap soul R&B, like, you know, OVO yeah. sound that I really like. And um, I reached out to one guy. And this guy actually had a huge, like, a pretty decent following. And all of his music videos are doing, like, half a million views on YouTube. And I'm, like, hit him up. And he answered me. And I was only charging, like, 300 Canadian at the time. 400 Canadian at the time was, like, 300 U.S. And I was broke. Like, I had no money on this vacation with all my friends. And me and, like, two of my friends came with me. Went to Rexdale, which is where Nav is from. And that's like the projects of Toronto. Dope. We could have got robbed. Like I, 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 we're insane for doing that, just not knowing where we we're at and like going there. Um, and they could have easily ran us up. They were the coolest dudes ever. Shot a really cool video with them. Uh, turns out the artist is on the run uh, for first degree murder right now. Still hasn't been caught. So that was pretty wild. Like yeah, and like I mean like uh, so some like hip hop blog like YouTube channel made like a whole like about like the whole situation and linked my music video, which was dropped on my channel. So now the ah! video has like 200k views and like you know i'm getting a lot of comments on my youtube channel and stuff which is fun yo <laughs> that's nuts so i mean like said, yeah like it was wild i mean like i've put myself in some crazy situations in the past and i mean i'm still here to tell it which is cool get and i shot. don't regret it thank god get the shot. It. yeah get the shot i mean they were mad cool about it um yeah it's just like i mean you know there's plenty plenty of st- i have so many stories but like wow yeah that was that's, that's an interesting one. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> the, the, the life and times of a filmmaker, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Chris, man, thank you so much for, for yes, your insight, Chris. for sharing your expertise. Y'all make sure y'all y'all stay tapped into this man. By the end of 2021, Lord knows who's he who he's gonna be shooting for. Really? His his, his credit list is gonna gonna expand. And 
I'm just honored to know you and have have worked with you, my man. Likewise, so, guys. Thank you. Um, bulletin board, we ain't got nothing, but you know, COVID still exists. So we, we hope yeah, yeah, yeah. Inside distancing. Kicked my ass like two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, you we, had I it? caught it. I caught it. I, it. It beat my ass. Like it was not mm. fun. It's mm. I still have this cough. I've been muting my mic this whole time. And nah. I have to call. Like it's not fun. It's not. Yeah. 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 No, no, no. Take it seriously, I'll, guys. Seriously, that's get crazy. Awesome. You gathering stuff. I saw, I saw this, this uh, tweet. It was like speaking to the testing and gathering. It was like an excuse, <laughs> an excuse. I saw that. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know go, uh, taking a, getting a COVID negative test as like your way to go outside and go to a party is like using a pregnancy test as contraception. <laughs> Facts. It's facts. Like I, I followed. <laughs> I was. A, I'm a stickler on set. You ask anyone I work with, you're not wearing a mask on set. I'm gonna tell you, yo, put on your mask. Like, like this is right. not a joke. You know what I mean? I don't want to take this home. And I ended up. I mean, I don't know if I did or whatever, but, um, yeah, it's serious, and people need to start taking it really seriously because we're having like a 9/11 every day now, and I mean, wow. no one cares. We still yeah. we saw these parties, like you know, it's Oof. ridiculous. But uh, yeah, I mean, hey, it's, it's gonna get better soon, so. That's so well, we're, glad, we're glad you're still kicking, still alive. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Join us, ladies and gentlemen. This is another beautiful, fun episode of Stay Busy. As you know, it's the boy Armand here with the guy, Nick Early. He brought in the legend, the man, the young legend, young Kanye, director, filmmaker, Chris Omar. We'll see y'all next week. Stay safe, stay humble, stay busy. Stay busy. Wear your mask, please. And let's get into this. Baby girl, baby girl, how you feeling? I've been out in the world, staying busy Taking time, getting right if you miss me girl, yeah. I've been out yeah, in the yeah. world, staying busy Monday's 9 a.m. Monday's 9 a.m. Party with the gang Every week, tell a friend Every week, tell a friend Busy over everything Busy over everything Busy boys, gotta call now, ain't you heard? I'm the size, I'm the size, I'm the size, running down, running down, no, we hold it down, Busy.